broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And it's never a dull moment, is it? And we love it like that, don't we, Raider fans? Uh, and just as uh, I was preparing to head on over to the practice facility here in Henderson, started getting all kinds of texts and people reaching out. And yes, the Raiders did sign their veteran cornerback that they had been in the market for uh, throughout this offseason. Uh, waited till a draft to see how the dust settled. Uh, I know some players out there were also waiting for the dust to settle from the draft to see where rosters were, where the big needs were, um, where their best landing spots might be. And so today, uh, everything converged for the Raiders and none other than Casey Hayward, the two-time Pro Bowler uh, with the Packers and Los Angeles Chargers of late with the Los Angeles Chargers and of most recent late uh, uh Playing under new defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, uh, who now is you know with the Raiders. He was with the Chargers since 2017. Uh, so uh, obviously he's got experience playing the system uh, under Gus Bradley. Obviously he has uh, uh, intimate knowledge of new uh, secondary coach Ron Milas, who I've been talking about quite a bit. He's going to have a tremendous influence here uh, with the Raiders. Ron Milas' track record um, is second to none. And there's a reason why guys like Casey Hayward uh, want to come back and go play for him. Uh, they know what he's all about. He knows what Casey Hayward is all about. And the question now becomes is, what position does Casey Hayward play? I would assume that Slot cornerback, I mean, he's got 1,600 snaps at slot cornerback going back uh, to his early part of his career with the Green Bay Packers and played tremendously there. Um, of late, though, he's been more of an outside cornerback and, you know, doing some digging uh, on Casey Hayward, kind of a, you know, not the best year of his career last year by any stretch of the imagination, but you go back to 2019, 2018, 20, right on down throughout his career. This guy has been a solid to highly effective NFL cornerback, a two-time pro bowler. He instantly becomes the best and most proven, obviously, defensive back on the Raiders roster, cornerback on the Raiders roster. He's going to bring stability. He's going to be, bring veteran leadership. Uh, and, and if there's some juice left in those legs, which 31 years old, uh, he's not ancient by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but if he can bounce back from you know what happened last year or the season that he had last year to be more of the player that he was in every season prior to that, and that's why you kind of figure that he's going to uh, bounce back, the Raiders are getting themselves one heck of a cornerback, uh, a position of need. There's versatility. You can line him up in the outside. He could play the slot. Maybe Damon Arnett, who played some slot cornerback uh, at Ohio State uh, and, and kind of brings that tenacity and that toughness and that edge to him. Maybe that's his best spot. We don't know. It's all going to get figured out in training camp. But at the very least, uh, the Raiders have checked off a huge box. It was really, to me, their only remaining 
glaring box. They got their right tackle in their draft. They addressed their defensive line during free agency. They got their free safety in the in in the draft. Uh, they brought back Nicholas Morrow to round up their their round out their linebacker core, uh, bringing all three starters back. Um, you know, they obviously made changes on the offensive line. That remains a question mark. Guys like Andre James and Denzel Good and Alex Leatherwood, uh, the rookie, now have to perform and perform at a high level uh, from the outset. Uh, but they've got positions manned, and it makes sense, and there's a lot of logic behind what they've done, and it just looks pretty darn good and a lot better on paper, uh, especially defensively, uh, than it did at any point last year. I think Casey Hayward um, kind of becomes that cherry on the top of the, on the, top of the ice cream cone, uh, a guy that I think is going to have a big effect along with you know, the guys that they drafted uh, over the weekend, um, some of the players that they brought in in free agency. The Raiders really got to work on defense. Obviously, we all knew that that was the area that they needed to fix ASAP. And whether it works or not, obviously, that depends on what happens out on the grass uh, here in Henderson starting in the summer or hopefully earlier in OTAs. Uh, and then and then during the season, no question about it. But what they've done makes a ton of sense, and at the very least, they've crossed off and checked off pretty much all of their boxes. Now it's up to the players, the coaches to get this thing right, um, the players obviously to perform, um, but if guys play the way they're capable of playing, this defense has a chance to be solid. I'm not saying it's the 1985 Chicago Bears. They don't really need to be the 1985 Chicago Bears. If that happens, hey, everyone's going to be happy with that. But if they could just be competent, reliable, dependable, get off the field on third downs, get to the quarterback more than the 21 times they, they did last year, force more turnovers than the 15 they, they, they forced last year, if they can get those numbers up on third downs, turnovers, sacks, uh, this defense is going to be better. There's no uh, question about that. I know, obviously, you know, it can't get much worse, right? We all understand that. But there's a difference between standing pat and getting better. And I think that there's no way they're standing pat. I don't think they're going to be any worse. I think this defense is going to be better. And the question is, how much better can they be to support what's really what looks like a, a good offense coming back uh, for the Raiders? We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Dino uh, wants to talk about uh, the signing of Casey Hayward and the draft. How you doing, Dino? Good, Vinny. How you doing? Doing really good. Show. Thank you. Uh, if you could, please keep me on the line because I'm away from my radio. Um, I'm really, for the first time in a long, long time, optimistic about the Raider defense. I think they really went to work on it in the draft, which is a, you know, really a welcome addition. This defense has been just awful for years now. Um, we, we have a, a good group of uh, young defensive backs, and I'm really thinking that the addition of Gus Bradley is going to help this team play faster. When he was with Seattle, they had a bunch of young, undrafted free agents that all played, and they played early in their career. I believe his scheme is easy to pick up, easier than Gunther's, and these guys are going to play faster. And hopefully, hopefully the pass rush will work in concert with the defensive backs because they can't go on trying to cover guys five or six seconds. It's just no team can do that. You've got to get – and Gakwe's got to be who we think he is. Max has got to come back a little stronger like he was his first year. And hopefully we get some inside push, too, from Solomon Thomas, the third overall pick in the draft. That kid's got to show something at some point. But I'm really happy um, that they addressed a lot, a lot of the D problems in the draft. 
and they really needed this Casey Hayward signing. This is good. This kid's been a solid player. I don't know how much he has left. Whatever they get out of him, in my opinion, is going to be a bonus. They need that veteran leadership back there. They're so young in the secondary. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I have hope. I, I think Mo Riggs going to be a good addition, and they might have some ball hawks back there for, for once. They haven't had anybody that can create turnovers in a long, long time. So I'm hopeful that they can take the ball away and give it to our offense and we don't have to uh, score every time we get the ball. Yeah, and uh, you, you touched on some excellent, excellent points, Dino, and and we'll keep you on so you can you can hear the response. Um, a, a lot, a lot to uh, to unpack there. But number one, uh, I think that you know, I think Raider fans should feel good about this defense, uh, or much better about this defense. Um, and what I've been trying to you know maybe preach since I started covering uh, you know the Raiders. Uh, and we'll get to Sean uh, from Alabama in just one second. When I've been trying to preach, you know, since I took over the beat for the Las Vegas Review Journal in late 2019, is that you go back to the roster that John Gruden inherited, uh, you know, in 2018. Yes, Khalil Mack was there. Yes, Amari Cooper was there. Yes, uh, you know, Derek Carr was there. But it was pretty, you know, defensively, it was pretty ugh, beyond – you know, uh, Khalil Mack. There was a massive overhaul that needed to happen defensively. There was a big overall that overhaul that needed to happen offensively. Wide receivers, running backs, a better offensive line. You know, outside of just Rodney Hudson and, and Gabe Jackson, um, it was there was a lot of work to do. And in football, this isn't basketball where you go sign. You know, the, the Lakers and you go sign LeBron James and then trade for Anthony Davis and go fill in all the holes right after that, which all happened. In a year, in a year's time, they were able to do that. You can do that in basketball because there's, you know, you have two great players and then fill in all the blanks. You can be in a really good position. In football, with all the holes that the Raiders had offensively, defensively, you can't do it all in a short period of time. There was just too much work to be done. And, you know, talking about this last year, even when they were six and three, and I've mentioned this a a bunch of times, you know, uh, the last few days, even when they were six and three, the Raiders understood in Henderson, uh, where I'm sitting right now, that we're not where we need to be. That was their message to me when I would check in. Hey, you know, six and three, looking pretty good, da 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 da, you know, and, and, you know, on the, on the, on the verge of the playoffs, yes. A lot of work to be done. Got to fix that pass rush. Not where we need to be. This is the message that was coming from Henderson. There was a self-awareness that it's not there yet. And you can't just knock off all the boxes immediately. It takes time. Once the season starts, you got to focus on the season. And, you know, as the season's going on, you're, you're, you're looking at your roster going, okay, this is where we need help. This is where we need help. This is where, where, where you need help. Um, you have to eventually start playing games with what you have and understand that some of the other issues that you that you know you have to deal with are going to have to come at a later time. That's what this offseason was about, was about now really, truly being able to say, hey, offensively, pretty good. Yeah, I need a wide receiver and some depth, you know, um, need some young players to, to do well now on the offensive line, go draft the right tackle. But it was it was cosmetic compared to, uh, the the surgery that was needed 
on defense. And they were able to do that in free agency with the defensive line, in the draft, Trevor Morig, you know, bringing in the free safety, now bringing in Casey Hayward, Douglas, the wide, the, the cornerback that they signed. Um, and now it's starting to look better. And, and, and the progress that was being made, even though it might not have shown, you know, on the, on the wins and loss column, was that they were narrowing the needs. They were eliminating the, you know, all the needs. It wasn't like across the board anymore. It was pretty specific. And I think they've done a pretty good job of addressing those very specific needs um, on defense this offseason. Now, obviously, it has to all come together and, and players need to do their jobs, but there's capable players in place across the board for the first time uh, in a while. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Sean from Alabama wants to talk about what the Raiders have done this offseason. Up, oh, Sean has uh, he's he's uh, gone back home to Alabama. I guess uh, Sean, if you're listening, give us a call right back. We'd love to get you on. Um, you know, but 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 again, the point was is that having you know I've done this for a while. It doesn't happen overnight. The NFL is a tough nut to crack in terms of being able to when you have so many things that you need to do and you're dealing with the salary cap. Uh, and you're dealing with a finite amount of draft picks and a finite amount of salary cap space to be able to devote um, to signing players, you're not going to be able to do everything. It, it It's not just a one- or two-year proposition. It takes a while. And here's what I've always said, though. I don't think that the Raiders have been wasting their time over these last you know, few years. You look at the roster. Damon Arnett's a first-round pick. Trayvon Mullins a second-round pick. Clee Farrell's a first-round pick. Max Crosby was a fourth-round pick who's played well for his draft status. Jonathan Abram is a first-round pick. Now Trevon Morig is a first-round pick. Casey or Corey Littleton was a Pro Bowl linebacker with the with the um, Los Angeles Rams. Nick Wachowski has been a solid player in his NFL career and played well uh, last year. Yannick Ngakwe is one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. He's one of like three or four guys in the NFL since 2016 who's had 40 or more sacks and 15 or more Fumbles forced. Um, now he's on the Raiders, right? Uh, Darius Phylon, in his uh, time with with uh, with the Chargers, was a productive player. Solomon Thomas, um, you know, even as a rotational piece, makes some sense. Quentin Jefferson has been a solid, productive player uh, in his career. Nicholas Morrow played well last year. He had a breakthrough season uh, last year. So there's there's talent on defense now. Uh, that they were accumulating and putting together. Has it happened on the field yet? No, it has. It hasn't happened, you know, uh, on the field as offensively. That offensively steadily got better. And last year was among the top 10 in the NFL. Derek Carr was a top 10 quarterback. Whatever you want to say, whatever argument you want to throw at me, um, you, you, you go for it. But the point is, is that he was. And that offense absolutely was a top 10 offense. Defensively, now they got to catch up. I think it's Gangster Raider who is now on the line. Gangster Raider, how you doing, my brother? Hey, man. How you doing, Vinny? Doing well, thank you. All right, I just called. I wanted to um, thank you and Demond because um, my brother, remember my brother Chill that passed away? We had his funeral this past Friday. And during the video tribute, we played, um, well, I called in to your show, and you did a Raider in Peace for him, and um, it was real nice. And I think we even converted a few Rams fans. <laughs> cause they, was, they was like, oh, man, that, that's, that's Raider stuff right there. Only Raider Nation to do that. And and we converted a few Rams fans back over to the nation. So, you know what I'm saying, good looking out, Vinny. I want to thank you and DeMond for doing that because that was real, 
you know, it's real touching. It's real from the heart. And absolutely, you know, man. Fact, and you know that it, you know that it was real, man. And it always is. Yeah, thanks. And, um, I wanted to say because you know the funeral was on Friday. I pretty much missed the draft. I just saw the first round where we took Leatherwood, and I pretty much missed the rest. And I was out of it pretty much till today. So I've been trying to catch up on the draft. You know what I'm saying? And also, I got a question about um, the schedule. I know the official schedule haven't came out yet, but have you heard anything about what what part of the schedule you think we'd be playing Dallas in? Because I know we go to Dallas, but do you know is it the beginning of the um, season, the middle of the season, or is it you know in a you know after Thanksgiving? You know what I'm saying? Have you heard anything about that? No. And, and I, if I if I if I had heard anything, I would let you know. But the NFL keeps that thing under wraps. I'll check this out. So if you go to the NFL office, all right, um, in New York City, uh, mm-hmm. there's one office in the entire building, maybe two, um, maybe two, that has the ability to darken their window. You know, like it's an, you look at an office and there's, there's one office or two offices in the entire building where you can shade your window to block out people looking in, okay? One, I believe, is the commissioner's office, although I, I'm a little shaky on that. That might be wide open as well. But the I do know for a fact that the one office that I know absolutely for sure can be frosted so that you could you could tune everybody out is where the schedule makers are. And I think it's three or four people. Uh, they're like maniacs, uh, you know, with, with the numbers and computers and, and all, you know, all of the different uh, combinations and everything like that because they're putting together their schedule flat out. They got to figure out stadium usage, um, you know, uh, Thursday night games, overseas games, there's a lot that goes into it. And that's the one office in the entire NFL that's basically off limits to everybody. So okay, Vinny, can, I want to say one more thing. Whenever that game is, we have to flood that stadium. I want more Raider fans <laughs> than any other fans that ever been at Cowgirl Stadium. You know what I'm saying? We, we got to have a Raider Nation invasion, especially since we couldn't go to our um, stadium this year in Vegas. We're going to take it out on um, – What's that? They're not in Irwindale. No, what's what's that city? They, it's not even Texas. I mean, it's not even Dallas. Oh, you're talking about uh, where Dallas yeah. is. They're in yeah, um, not uh, Fort Worth, but Arlington. Yeah, Arlington. We got to invade Arlington and take it over. You know what I'm saying? Since we couldn't invade our stadium in Vegas, let's take it out on Arlington. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it like that, Raider Nation. I hear you. Vinny and DeMond love y'all. You know All what right, saying? you too, brother. Right back at you. You know that. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, again, condolences. Uh, to Gangster Raider and and his brother, um, sounds like you know he got the send off uh, that he absolutely deserved uh, on Friday, and and it sounds like you know some Ram fans got converted over to uh, uh, to Raider Nation. So uh, so good good looking out uh, on on Gangster Raider's part. Um, I'm sorry, John and Henderson. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, we're to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. John in Henderson, how you doing, John? Vincenzo, my man. <laughs> What's up, Jonathan? Hey, uh, I'm uh, I'm new to this Raider Nation thing. I uh, I'm almost 16. I've been a Steeler fan since the Immaculate Reception, <laughs> but uh, I'm tired of that regime. And I live in Henderson, and I'm rooting for the home team. There you go. But hey, uh, I've been trained in the Steeler ways, and and our one criticism I would have is a lot of those uh, free agents are just one year deals. So they're just you know we might lose them after one year. So uh, being uh, an, an ex Steeler fan, if you will. Uh, I've always had the mindset that once the season starts, there's no contract negotiation. None. It never happens. Uh, but do the Raiders have that policy? So if one of these uh, 
one-year deals, one of these players proves to be uh, really, really good. Can, do, do the Raiders have a policy that will preclude them from extending him during the season? No, uh, I don't think there's a hard, fast rule on that, um, t- to my knowledge anyway. And, um, I, I, you know, to me, I don't think that you, uh, you, 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 you lock yourself in, uh, in, in, in that regard. Um, if, if somebody, if you feel like, you know, uh, somebody should stick around beyond this year, um, you, you go for it. Now, that doesn't always happen, and sometimes the agent wants to say, hey, let's wait till the um, offseason and, you know, see where the salary cap – that's one reason why generally it doesn't happen is that you don't know what the salary cap is going to be next year. It could go up a lot, you know, uh, with the new TV deals coming in and, and, and all that. There's plenty of time uh, to be able to work all that out. And re- always remember that the, the, the home team or the current team always has – uh, an exclusive negotiating window uh, with those players before they actually hit free agency. So, um, you know, sometimes it would make sense, no question about it. But uh, but other times, players don't want the uh, distraction. The teams don't the teams don't want the distraction. Um, you know, so uh, that's why sometimes it gets played like that. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers because uh, you would know this. How many how many head coaches have the Pittsburgh Steelers had? It's had three since 1969. Right. What does that tell you about what the Pittsburgh Steelers do and what they kind of rest their hat on? Oh, it's stability. There's no question. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, people think you have, uh, you have a much higher impression of the Steelers than what they've produced on the field in the last 10 years. No doubt. They won but... three, they've won three playoff games in the last 10 years. They really only won two. They, they shouldn't have won one. Uh, the only reason they won is because Vontez Burfecht melted down and gave us the <laughs> right. But and we've had two two playoff victories in the last decade. That ain't that good, man. They're, people think they're much better than they are. Last year was a sham. They started off eleven and zero or whatever. And just, I think they need they to get like their quarterback situation re, re you know fixed back up. Uh, I don't. I'm not. Not quite sure how much you know Big Ben has left in the in the tank. Especially complete regime change. Newcom, I'm done with Tom when he gets. <laughs> well, here's here, but here I got to say this though, this is what the Pittsburgh Steelers do, and I I really respect it to be honest with you. They figure out what the problem is. They don't panic, and and I you know I understand that Steeler fans probably want a new regime. That's kind of what fans do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but what the Steelers have done, and it typically works, and it might, you know, result in a down year here and a down year there. That's going to happen. That's the way sports works sometimes. But what they do is instead of firing everybody, they identify the problem and slowly, you know, go about fixing the problem. They're problem solvers. They figure they their approach is let's find out what the problem is and fix it. And the one thing I can say about what the Raiders are doing right now. With John Gruden, I know he got $10 million a year or whatever that is. I could care less uh, how much money he got paid. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It gets thrown in, you know, uh, out there all the time. Who cares? It's his money, and it was the owner who decided to give it uh, to him. It's none of my business. And more importantly, though, the 10-year contract that he got was saying to him, we're going to fix this together. We're going to all put the necessary time into doing this Right. We're not going to panic. We're not going to just throw people, um, you know, uh, under the bus. We're not going to fire the head coach and start all over again. We're going to stick to the plan, identify the problems, and fix the problems. Uh, I think for the first time in a while now, the Raiders are as complete a team on paper as 
I can remember in, 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 you know, analyzing the Raiders. Now, look, it has to happen on the field, but I think they're in a better position. I don't think they're going to be as nearly as bad defensively uh, as they were these last couple of years. And I think that's going to give them a fighting chance. I think there's better depth. And I think that they're better equipped to get through a long season so that they're not going to be limping through the finish line like they have the last couple of years. Um, and if they can get that defense in a, in a right place, if they're 6-3 and three again, I don't see how they, it, it would be possible short of a rash of injuries where they would have that kind of a club. I think they are in a better position to finish the deal. And I think this roster, it's not perfect – but no NFL team is perfect, but it is in much better shape and much more balanced uh, from offense to defense, defensive line linebackers to the secondary. Guys have to perform now. That's what it always comes down to. But there's guys that are capable of performing. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe is in Riverside. He wants to talk about the defensive backs. How you doing, Joe? Hello, Vinny. I'm good, brother. Yeah, uh, I just had a question about the defensive backs. Um, I see what I mean. We're 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 uh, we're signing a, a bunch of them, and it looks like uh, it looks like we're we're trying to get uh, maybe some depth. I mean, just just with the injuries that we had last year and uh, people coming in, and, and and it was just it was just tough, man. I'm just trying to see. Uh, is, is, you think that's what we're trying to do? Is just get that depth, just in case we get those injury bugs again. Uh, well, no question, and and football obviously is a violent, physical sport. You're going to have injuries, and so you better be strong across the board, or as strong as you possibly can uh, across the board. And when you look at uh, where the Raiders are now uh, defensively, especially uh, in the secondary, uh, let's look at it. Um, and yes, you know, by adding, uh, they added uh, um, Casey Hayward today. I think that was a really solid signing. The guy's been a good a good player for a long time now. Uh, so when you start looking at, you know, what they've done, uh, let's just look at the cornerbacks now. Rasul Douglas, who I think has been pretty solid uh, veteran player. Uh, you've got Trayvon Mullen. You've got Damon Arnett. You've got Amik Robertson. Uh, you've got uh, um, Casey Hayward. You've got Nevin Lawson, who has actually played fairly decently. He's not great, but he's not going to uh, embarrass himself uh, out there. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, who the Raiders uh, have always liked as a uh, as a, a reserve player, so all of it, and then you know you start looking at the secondary or the excuse me safety, Jeff Heath, Jonathan Abram, um, uh, da, 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 Carl Joseph is now here. Uh, obviously, Trevon Morig is here, so um, it just looks a lot better now. And yeah, depth is very important, especially now. Remember, there's 17 games this year, and I've said this before. I know, oh wow, one more game that doesn't make that big of a deal. Well, just think about how teams struggled just to get through December uh, after a, a tough season to get to that point. Um, add one more game to that, it makes it even that that much tougher. So you're 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 only going to be as good as the depth that you build, and I think that was a key part of what they did on the defensive line, uh, what they've done now in the secondary. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Tell you what, 
the NFL giveth and the NFL taketh away uh, can confirm that um, in conjunction with the signing of Casey Hayward uh, by the Raiders, uh, they will also now release Jeff Heath, uh, the veteran free safety. Um, obviously, the Raiders drafted two safeties uh, in the NFL draft, uh, Tyree Gillespie and, of course, uh, Trevon Morig. Um, you know, that's one of those moves where uh, they got their two players in, in the draft. Um, no sense in, in stunting their development, especially uh, in, in relation to Trevon Morig, uh, who will be the starter uh, day one without question. Uh, you'd also have, obviously, Carl Joseph uh, back there to provide um, some some relief. So, so Jeff Heath gets released. Um, it allows him now to get back out on the open market and find a job. It's better for him uh, to, to for this to happen at this point um, rather than you know in training camp where all of a sudden you're scrambling uh, to find work. Now he can take a look at uh, assess the situation out there in the NFL where rosters are. Uh, before deciding where his next stop was, is going to be. I don't think that Jeff Heath is going to be out of work uh, very long. He was a good quality player for the Raiders uh, last year. I don't think that, you know, at this stage of his career, you know, you rely on him to be your uh, down-in, down-out, 16-game-a-year, 17-game-a-year uh, starter. Uh, but as far as depth goes, um, not too shabby. And he definitely uh, played a role for the Raiders uh, last year on a bad defense. He was one of the few guys that, that played reasonably well. So um, uh, our best to Jeff Heath. Uh, I'm sure he's going to finally land on his feet. Good players normally do. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Robert is in Portland and wants to talk about the ever-changing free safety position, which Changed a little bit more today after the drafting of Trevon Mooring over the uh, Trevon Morig uh, over the weekend. How you doing, Robert? Good, uh, Vinny. You know you read all of the you know the sporting news. Vinny Iyer just <laughs> tore apart the Raiders draft, and there's been others that did it. Um, but one thing you mentioned before uh, the, the free agents were being signed, you and I were all for Johnson getting you know brought in, and. As, and, he, and he brought up the fact that he had paid his dues with the Rams before he was made a starter. And that's the way the Rams Rams did things. And I'm not using the Rams only as an example, but I'm just saying, isn't that the normal way? Because you mentioned before the, uh, the free agents started getting signed, it was a necessary move to make because it was, you know, the way the Raiders decide on what kind of defense they play, they need a certain type of safety. And Johnson uh, met those, uh, you know, met those requirements where others, even other free agents, didn't necessarily do so this year. And of course, they bring Joseph back, but we already know what Joseph's limitations are, even though he busts his ass out there. My question to you is, more, you know, he, I, you know, he, he's he's going to be going through. Rams would normally have him uh, be a backup for a while and learn, and not just start. Why on earth? Uh, you know, I mean, are these prognosticators wrong in, uh, you know, saying that the Raiders overdid it by, you know, drafting three safeties in an area of need when they should have been addressing it long before? I want your gut feeling on and base it, base it on the fact of what you saw the Rams do, you know, how they brought guys along. I mean, they had a trade for Ramsey because they, they got rid of, uh, you know, the, the former Kim, uh, KC uh, corner. 
and he was now in Baltimore. I mean, he's bounced around, and he was Peters was good. But he well, okay, great. yeah, yeah, uh, a couple things, and I appreciate the call, Robert. In the case of John Johnson, uh, it wasn't that he had to pay his dues. He just had to get healthy, uh, and, and this, this, this bodes well for Trevor Morrig, trust me. John Johnson uh, missed basically missed all of training camp his rookie year. In fact, he told me, he goes, I swear to God, I thought I was going to be the first third-round pick to get cut before he ever stepped foot in, in training camp. He goes, I was freaking out because he had like a calf injury, something along those lines. Like I didn't see John Johnson one second in training camp. Uh, I think it was 2017, his rookie year. Okay, So I had nothing to go on with John Johnson. But two or three games into the season, it might have been two games into the season, all of a sudden uh, they cut their starting safety, who was like literally their starter, starting safety gets cut in the middle, right, right before the third game, second game of the season. And we're all like, what? Why, why would you do that? And, oh, well, we got John Johnson. He's going to be fine. It's not that he had to pay his dues. He just had to, um, you know, uh, get healthy because he had an injury in training camp. But so, and he hit the ground running as soon as he uh, was named the starter. I think he had a he had an interception his first game, and he was playing at a high level from day one. So it wasn't necessarily that he had to to um, to earn his dues. He just had to get healthy. They believed in him from day one. Uh, secondly, if you do go back to the Rams and all the safeties that they uh, that, that they drafted they they drafted four safeties between 2019 and 2020 and signed an undrafted free agent safety every single one of those players all five of them have gotten on the field in their first and second years uh, with the Rams so there's not a lot of you know weight on guys sometimes you're you're getting asked to play early on, and in the in the Rams case, it was because a some guys got hurt, um, you know, uh, so so that kind of you know expedited the process for some of those guys, but they were being plugged in and playing at a at a very early stage. They have, uh, and that's you know that's always going to help the development anyway. If the guys can play, they can play. So the, the the NFL nowadays is is a league where you have to play pretty early. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be starting um, and you're going to be the down-in, down-out guy. But if you can show that you can be part of a rotation, that, you can, that, you can, that you're going to be competent when you're out there, you're going to get on the field if you can do that. So I don't – honestly, I have no worries about Trevon Morig except for maybe whatever the back issue was. As long as he's clear from that, this dude can play. Talk to him on Zoom. He's smart as a whip. You can tell that. This guy is a bright – conscientious player who, when you put the tape on, it backs everything up as far as the mental side of it because he's where he needs to be, making plays when he is in position to make plays. He's a ball hawk. Uh, he's a good enough tackler, um, can cover a lot, of, a, a lot of field. He's fast. So I don't think there's any concern, and I think today confirmed it, uh, releasing Jeff Heath. The Raiders are going to put Trevon Morig out on the field early, and you know whether he is able to handle the responsibility uh, remains to be seen. But there is confidence from people that do this for a living that he's going to be just fine. And I know I wouldn't be worried about that uh, at, at all. And uh, real quick, going back to the Jalen Ramsey trade, yeah, they had Marcus Peters. They traded the same day they traded Marcus Peters. They also traded for Jalen Ramsey, and the reason that happened was Marcus Peters. 
a good cornerback, no question about it. But his style of play, he's more of a zone guy. And in the Raiders system, they need a, more of a man guy. Jalen Ramsey is a lockdown man, press cover cornerback who also tackles. Uh, whereas Marcus Peters is more of a zone guy. So for their system, they kind of quickly realized, you know what, Marcus, hard worker, smart kid, uh, can play, no question about it, in the NFL. But for our purposes, our being the Rams, we need somebody that's going to be able to play at a higher level in what we're asking him to do, which is press coverage. So they, on the very same day that they traded Marcus Peters, they traded for Jalen Ramsey and I mean, the rest speaks for itself. Jalen Ramsey is one of the best cornerbacks uh, in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, I understand. Obviously, there's always going to be concern with young players. Can they perform when asked to go out there and play? But today's release of Jeff Heath pretty much tells you the Raiders feel really, really, really good about Trevor, Trevor, Trevon Morig, and I share that optimism. That dude can play. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider914 wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider? Hey, Vinny Bond. How are you? I'm doing very good. Thank you, man. I'm going to throw something crazy at you. Uh, my cousin told me the other day that it's been 10 years in a row where the Raider defense has given up 370 points or more. And I said, there's no way. I mean, I've been watching. I know they've been bad. So I checked it out. Uh, it ended up being 14 years in a row. Um, I just was hoping maybe you could put that into uh, perspective for us because I know what I've been watching. Um, and after this draft and after um, getting Gus Bradley, I actually have uh, some faith and I'm actually pumped for the first time in a long time. Um, I was just hoping maybe you could put that in perspective for, for some of the nation because I don't. I don't think they. You know, everybody realizes how bad it's been uh, for so long. All right, thanks, Vinny. You got it, brother. And uh, you know who I think about when I hear all those kind of statistics? Derek Carr. <laughs> um, name me one quarterback in the NFL the last four years who has had to overcome a defense as bad as the defense is that Derek Carr has played with when he's been with the Raiders. He's never going to say it, but I will. It's been terrible. There's no there you can't there's no there's no quarterback that's played at a high level that plays on a high level team. Any good quarterback that you're talking about, any good quarterback that you're talking about has not had to uh play with a defense as bad as the one that Derek Carr has played with, just flat out. I mean, he left the field. He wasn't there uh, against the Chargers. Obviously, he got hurt in that game. But he leaves the field with a minute 43 against the Kansas City Chiefs, having driven the uh, Raiders down the field uh, to score the go-ahead points. He left the field with 19 seconds left in the game, no timeouts for the Miami Dolphins, after driving the Raiders down the field to score the go-ahead points against the Dolphins. Both times, the Raiders' defense couldn't hold the lead. And, and on top of that, the Chargers, they, you know, the defense couldn't hold, um, hold or, or, or close out the Chargers game, which should have been a win. Those are three games that the Raiders should have won. And three games that if they had won, Derek Carr would be in the playoffs. And people would be saying, hey, Derek Carr's a playoff quarterback. He is a playoff ca- caliber quarterback. 
He's just been playing on lousy, with lousy defenses. But I think the Raiders over the last few years have slowly but surely invested money, draft capital, um, coaching now with Gus Bradley, high-level coaching with Gus Bradley, into getting the defense fixed. I think they have a half, half a shot at getting that thing turned around. I don't think that there's going to be, a, a, what it was, 14 straight years, a 15th straight year of giving up that many points. Uh, and if and if there is something really wrong uh, happen, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Uh, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Um, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, professional sports can be uh, kind of cruel sometimes, to be honest with you. And uh, I could say this about the release of, of Jeff Heath, um, you know, being here at the uh, facility in, in Henderson. It's, it, it's, it's not an easy, it's not one of those ones where, you know, he was a popular guy around here. He played here one year with the Raiders, uh, but made a positive impact, um, was a positive influence um, around this building. And he's going to be missed. And um, I was just about ready to tweet this, but uh, you know, just talking to to, uh, to somebody about it. And you know, it's a tough business, and uh, it doesn't. There's not a lot of pleasure at all uh, when you have to tell somebody that you respect, somebody that you really like and admire, um, and 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 uh, you know, who, who's who's done right by you. Hey, we got to release you. It's it's. It's it's not an easy thing. Uh, a lot of times, I worked for the Los Angeles Lakers, and Jerry Buss, uh, excuse me, Jerry yeah, at, at Jerry Buss as well, but Jerry Buss in particular, you know, uh, had to make some tough trades, had to make some tough cuts, and uh, he'd get teary eyed, he'd cry about it. And this is Jerry West, you know, one of the toughest hard nosed players to ever, you know, lace up uh, some high tops. And he got emotional about it because you invest in players, your feelings. These aren't, it's not robots. That's the one thing that I sometimes have to scratch my head with uh, at fans. And it, maybe it's because of Madden and all the, you know, uh, the, the games that you play, you know, uh, with the console and, you know, PS4 and everything like that. You kind of lose track of the fact that you're still dealing with professional or, or, or human beings. Imagine being at work and one day somebody's there, the next they're not, you know, uh, not because they didn't do their job well. Uh, maybe, you know, we've all been through layoffs. We've all been through all of that. And it's not easy, is it? Well, that's the same thing in, in, in professional sports. It's not always easy having to say goodbye or having to tell somebody, hey, man, um, you know, salary cap, whatever the case might be, uh, there's a, it's a numbers game at your position, but we got to say goodbye. And, um, you know, some are easier than others, I would imagine. But I could tell you this, uh, in the case of Jeff Heath, it's, it's not an easy one. He was pretty popular uh, around here without question. Hopefully he can um, you know, move on and, and find a job pretty quickly. I think that that will be uh, the case um, you know, for, for, for Jeff Heath. And, and the Raiders move on. And uh, it's a good sign. You know, Trevon, like I said, uh, uh, Trevon Morig, uh, the, the draft pick from TCU, is very highly regarded. I think the Raiders believe he's going to step right in and and be the impact player uh, that they believe he's going to be, trading up to go get him. And 
you know, kind of a fortunate situation for the Raiders. It's unfortunate for Trevon, um, you know, because he arguably should have been a first-round pick. He was um, the guy that everyone thought or said was the best safety uh, in, in the draft, kind of consensus best safety in the draft. But there was a little bit of a back issue at his pro day, and that forced a little bit of a slip. Uh, and so the Raiders, with a major need at free safety, got – aggressive and bold and said, especially after Richie Grant went and uh, Javon Holland from Oregon uh, came off the board early in that first round within the first eight picks, I think it was, of that second round. And the Raiders are sitting there at 48 and the Dallas Cowboys are coming up. The Dallas Cowboys need safeties and they need defense. And Trevon Morig <laughs> was a local kid over at TCU. And the Ra- I almost assuredly, that the Cowboys were going to draft Morrig, and the Raiders were like, we're not going to let that happen, uh, especially after the other two safeties came off the board. They made a deal uh, to move up five spots um, to go get Trevon Morrig. And ultimately, the ripple effect of all of that, today it cost Jeff Heath uh, his job with the Raiders. And uh, it's, it's, it's not a cool business sometimes when you start talking about that area of of this business. So again, uh, hopefully Jeff Heath can move on and and go find himself a job. But in addition to that, uh, Jeff Heath moving on, the the Raiders are welcoming welcoming in Casey Hayward, uh, uh, just a really good, solid cornerback who's been doing this at a high level for a long time now. And I think that his experience, obviously, this goes without saying, playing in Gus Bradley's uh, defense the last, what, three, four years or so, is really going to help. Uh, you pretty much can count on him, whether it's in the slot, whether it's uh, lining up at outside cornerback, maybe you move D- uh, Damon Arnett inside. Some, that, that's going to get sorted out. I, both of those players are going to be on the field extensively, I would believe, uh, next year. Um, but just the, the institutional knowledge that Casey Hayward is, brings of this defense is going to have a ripple effect and a positive ripple effect Across the board, whether you're talking about Trayvon Mullen and and Trevon Trevon Morig uh, and Damon Arnett and young Amik Robertson and Jonathan Abram, uh, Casey Hayward, you know when you say been there done that, yeah, he's been there done that in a lot of different roles uh, for two teams at high levels. Has played in the playoffs. Uh, has come up with a whole bunch of interceptions. Uh, I think I saw that he had 100 pass deflections, pass breakups in his career. That's pretty good. Uh, and if you look at his grading over the years, uh, I always go to Pro Football Focus to see where where uh, players are in terms of the grading. I think they do a good job uh, over there. Last year, a down year, admittedly, for Casey Hayward. But prior to that, he was one of the best um, in the business. So he instantly becomes the best cornerback uh, for the Raiders on what is a group that has a lot of promise. Uh, Damon Arnett needs to take a big step forward. There's no question about it. But when you look at Damon Arnett, you know, this is a guy who looked at the part, played the part, acted the part of a day one starting cornerback in the NFL as a rookie in training camp. Not I mean, I could, I, could, I could throw a football from the studio that I'm in right now and the field that I saw that unfolding uh, last summer over here in Henderson. And Damon Arnett just jumped out at you like, oh, wow, this dude has got a little something-something. I mean, that was pretty obvious. He fractures his wrist, <laughs> tries to play through it, 
in excruciating pain. There were so many times when he was grimacing. Uh, finally had to say, you know what, got to go uh, under the knife, uh, had surgery, missed, what, eight weeks, came back, wasn't able to, you know, uh, keep his weight up, his strength up, lost a lot of time in the weight room, lost a lot of development time. So it was just really, honestly, a lost year. I'm not, there's no way you could judge Damon Arnett based on what happened to him last year. Now, he's got to put in a lot of work. He's got to get stronger, faster, you know, uh, more explosive, um, bigger, all of that. Uh, which, by all accounts, that's exactly what he's been doing. And so can't wait, really, to see what Damon Arnett is about uh, come uh, whenever the Raiders regather here in Henderson. And whether it's on the outside or the inside, uh, if he's a changed player or if he's back to where he was and is physically stout, he can be uh, a huge part of this defense along now with Casey Hayward. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. When we get back, our boy... Q Myers will join us to talk about everything that's happened over the last five or so days, and it's been a whirlwind. We'll talk to you on the other side.